Hey everyone, uh, the NBA Finals are here, so let's talk about it. You know, I had a, I had, I had a couple things I noticed about the game, so I just want to talk about them firstly. And then uh, I do have some, I worked on some trades. I got really bored, so I worked on some trades, you know, just for fun. Like, not something that's, like, been reported at all, like, where it's, oh, you know, this person wants out, so let's work on it. It's just... I got bored, so I worked on some trades. Um, with this game, the first thing I noticed was, you know, the Suns are such an elite free throw shooting team. Like they don't they don't leave any points on the board. I think they went what twenty five of twenty six, and I think only Jay Crowder missed one like at the end. They, at one point, I think I saw like they were twenty four for twenty four. Like that's insane. So. You know, um, that that was the first thing I noticed. You know, they're such an elite free throw shooting team. And they, they have all the makings of just like an elite um, closing team. Because, you know, they have two guys that can get their own shot from mid-range. They, they, both of them have a shot that they can make at like 50%. And on top of that, they have defense everywhere. And on top of that, they have shooting everywhere. And on top of that, they have guys that can make free throws. So it's not shocking that they don't lose leads. Um, you know, I, during the Hawks-Bucks game six, you know, I had some friends over. We were watching, you know, double vaccinated. Uh, I got Pfizer and Moderna, so like I got both of them. You know, I'm with I'm with both the I'm big, I'm with both the clubs. You know, you can't kick me out. You can't be oh, you know, Pfizer only, Moderna only, whatever. I got both of them. That's how they do it in Canada. Um, so we were all hanging out because we got our vaccinations and whatnot. And we were watching the game. And at halftime, we went out to the balcony. Because um, it's so fucking hot. We just needed to, like, go outside for a little bit. And um, the third quarter started. We were watching through the window a little bit. But not really. We were just talking. And the uh, Bucks got up to, up, up like, 20 and some of my friends were like, oh, you know, what's the point of even going back in to watch? And I'm like, yo, you guys don't, do you guys just not watch the Bucks? They play like dickheads. They don't value possessions. And this is going to become a game, man. You know, it, it became a six-point game with like three minutes left. And I was talking about this with, um, you know, my friends. Like, if you look at the Suns, I can honestly never see them losing a lead where they're up by like 25 in the playoffs or like 20 in the playoffs. Like, in the regular season, I can see it just because, you know, like you, you, like, really don't, like, you don't care that much in the regular season. And I do remember them losing, like, a pretty big lead to Brooklyn where they got up, like, 25 and then just stopped playing. But in the playoffs, I can't see that happening just because Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they're going to play, like, 40-plus minutes. Ains gonna play big minutes, and you know they're they're not gonna let that happen. So with them, I can't see that ever happening. And like tonight, they got up big, and I wasn't worried even a little bit. Even when it got down to like nine, eight points in the fourth quarter, I was never worried because they have Chris Paul, they have uh, Devin Booker, they have the shooting, they have the free throw shooting, they have the defense, and I was not worried even a little bit. 
And on top of that, they're playing a team that plays like dickheads. So, I wasn't worried about that. Uh, the second thing I noticed from this game was... Not noticed, like, it's... I, I'm so tired of the... You know, jumping into people for free throws. Like, I'm a big Devin Booker fan, but, like, it's disgusting. It's honestly gross to watch. And, like, I don't have a problem with jumping into someone that's jumping towards you. But when you jump towards dumb, that's fucking insane. That's insane. And, um... So, yeah, I had a problem with that. Like, I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. Um, Thirdly... Giannis didn't look that bad. I thought he looked all right. You know, I thought he looked all right. Like, he obviously just came back. He's not going to play, like, 40 minutes, which he didn't. But I thought he looked pretty good. Um, one more thing. They, they kept doing, like, the switching. You know, they noticed it against the Hawks that they could switch, you know, one through five, essentially. And then, um, you know, if Drew got on, what's his name? Aiton, you know, Giannis or Middleton or PJ, they would come from the other side and get him off. Like, they, they did a pretty good job with stuff like that, but not good enough. And I, I just don't think you can switch against this team. Um, they're too good. They have too many... They, they, they have two good shot makers, and they're too crafty. I just don't think you can do it against them. I think you have to go back to your baseline defense, and then you have to look at how the Clippers did it with Zubak, where, like, Zubak plays a, plays a drop coverage as well, but, like, he 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 was a lot tighter. Like, what's his name? Brooke Lopez, he, he essentially invites the mid-range jumper, like, how far back he is, but Zubak makes it a little bit more uncomfortable. Zubak, like, steps up just two more feet, so, like, he's able to contest that jumper. That jumper is not even available. So, I think they have to go back and look at that. Um, because if you look at the game six against the Clippers, Zubak didn't play. And you saw what Chris Paul did to, like, DeMarcus Cousins. And if you look at even even when uh, they took the mid-range away, Chris Paul had a huge game, but it was because of threes. Like, he went seven out of eight from three. So, that, that was, like, the big thing that he did that game. Um, but for this game, you know, Chris Paul, like, he just wants it. He senses it. And I feel like he has to give some credit to what Houston did for him. Because Houston was, like, the first place where they were, like, all right, to beat the Warriors that switch everything, what we have to do is James, Chris, the entire fucking season... We're going to get, we're going to pick and roll people to death. We're going to force switches. And you two have to score on the mismatches. That's what you have to do. You can't be, when you get that switch, you can't be looking to play make and get it to the big man or shit like that. You got to go do it. And Chris Paul, that's what he's been doing since then. Like you look at his big uh, playoff moments. He had 41 against the Jazz. He had 41 against the Clippers. He had 30 plus. I think he had 30 plus a couple of times against Denver. So, like, since then, like, he's really taken over. Like, when he gets those switches, like, he looks to score. And he's become much better, like, doing that against the switch. 
Uh, the other guy that had a big game was DeAndre Ayton. You know, I talked about I talked about this a while ago where I said I just didn't think the Suns had enough because I don't know if I trust Ayton. It's hard not to trust him anymore, but I, st- I guess I guess the difference now would be that. I, at that at that time, I thought Chris Paul was not a superstar anymore, and I thought he was like a star, like as good, like the second guy. He could have been a second guy on a team, and I didn't think Devin Booker is a superstar, and he's still not to me. Uh, and when you have two stars and not superstars, you need that third guy to also be a star, not just a good third guy, which is what DeAndre Ayton was, like a good third guy. But, like, they needed a guy that could be a second guy. And it turns out they don't because Chris Paul is still a superstar. Like, there's just no way around it. All this guy does is win you games and he puts up superstar stats. Like, it might not be the superstar stats in, like, a traditional sense where it's like, oh, he's got 28 points, this, this, and this. No, no, he's... Like, the way he plays it so methodically and so slow that his numbers are never going to be that high but you look at it like per 100 possessions I guess like they're probably pretty good and like his advanced numbers are always going to be good um what else did I have anything yeah so like tonight I think they combined for I think top of my head 50 probably like 70 something points right like 70 something points yeah, like 71 points. I think that's what they combined for tonight. The three the three guys. Um, Jake Crowder had a bad game. So you know he's going to like randomly just make six threes in one game. They're going to have that. Um, on the other hand, Drew Holiday. Like, it, it's it's what I've been talking about. Like, I, I keep saying it. Like, they just play like dickheads. Like, there's no reason Chris Holiday... Sh- I mean, not Chris Holiday. Drew Holiday. What the f- Oh yeah, some of Chris Paul. That's why. Uh, like, there's no reason for Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, to have that big of a green light to just shoot as many jumpers as he wants. He's not that good of a shooter. So like, why does he have that green of a light? There's no reason for the Bucks to be jacking up shots with 18 seconds left on the shot clock. Like, there's no reason for that. You know they're they're shooting thirty one percent from three in the playoffs, and they're like, no, 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 let's keep let's keep taking these bad shots that we have no chance of making. Uh, Chris Middleton had a fine game. I didn't think it was good to start the game. Like there was a there was a point where like he got, I think he stole the ball in the backcourt, and he missed a layup. And I was like, okay, game one, Chris is here. He actually ended up having a pretty good game. Uh, Giannis, like I said, looked pretty good. Brooke even gave him seventeen. Um, but Drew's the guy; like he has to step, he has to step up, he has to do better. And the other thing I noticed was like Chris Middleton, another forty-five fucking minutes. Like this dude just plays all the minutes. Like he wants this really badly too. And even though it might not translate on the box score, like you can tell by the way he's been playing, that like he really wants it, and. You know, I'm a big fan of Chris Middleton, so you know, it's nice just seeing you know, I remember I remember the Knicks Hawks series. I was I was just yelling about this. I was just yelling about this cuz I just kept seeing Trey Young on the bench 
while the Hawks are up 10 and then they're up 2 then they're up like 1 and like Trey Young still on the bank I'm like what the fuck is going on here you're supposed to go close them out like what is this then they lose game 2 and you know they ended up winning that series in 5 but like, it should have been a sweep um, but like Chris Middleton like 45 minutes Drew 40 minutes I think uh, Devin played 45 minutes as well or something like that. I can't remember right now. I think he played a bunch of minutes tonight as well. So, like, they just... Like, everyone's just playing a lot. Like, that's what I like about NBA basketball. Like, the best players coming through after playing such big minutes. Um, What else did I want to talk about? Um, I think I picked the Bucks in six. If Giannis was playing, I don't know if I I, I don't know if I want to continue with that. I really don't, because even though he's playing, I just forgot that he can't force double teams. Like I completely forgot that again. And you know, I've talked about this before. I guess Chris Middle. Like the reason I feel bad for Chris sometimes is that. He's the only second option that essentially has to be a first option. Like, Giannis doesn't get double teamed and makes it easier like that for other people. Like, they're essentially like, no, no. Aiden, you got him. Jay, you got him. And we don't give a fuck if he scored on you one time. One-on-one, you got him again. The only time he gets doubled is like if he catches it under the basket or in transition. Other than that, like, he had a move on DeAndre where, you know, he hit him in the chest, moved him, dunked on him, and, like, on the other end, like, it was, okay, good, good for you. We're still going to, you know, single-team you. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't create, like, he's not, he's just not good enough. Like, yeah, he gets his, like, 25, 30 points somehow, but a lot of that is transition, free throws, and... Um, you know, sometimes he'll make, like, the post-up move, like, overpower you and whatnot. But for the most part, like, they're, like teams are fine just letting him... Like, he, he's not going to be the guy you go to at the end of the game, like, because he doesn't have that type of skill set. So, you know, so I feel bad for Chris sometimes because he has to be the number one. When really, he's a really good, he's a really solid number two. Um, what else? I don't want to talk about Chris Paul and, like, his legacy just yet. Because, you know, the series is not over. Um, but I, I'm going to change my Bucks in six with Giannis Healthy to... I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with Suns in six. I just think... I just think they're, they probably have this locked up. Like, they should win the series. Like, they, I think they should win the series. I think they're just that good. And I, I really still don't think... I, I still don't trust the Bucks, even though they made the finals. But, like, we know why they made the finals. Like, we know why they made the finals. It's because Brooklyn wasn't healthy. Like, that's why they made the finals. And, like, you can talk about the Suns. You know, they, they made the finals because Kawhi was injured. They made the finals because... Uh, Jamal Murray was injured. They made the finals because LeBron and AD were injured. And you know what? You're right. Yeah, that's exactly why they made the finals. And that's why 
But I, I look at the way that the Suns play. And I say, if you dropped them in the league, like, the last 30 years, like, just dropped them in, like, random seasons the last 30 years, they would be contenders. They, they, they would have a chance to make the finals regardless. Because that's just the type of team they are. That's the way they play. And I can't say this, I can't say that about the Bucks because I just like they have the talent to do it because they have a superstar, a star, and an all-star caliber player in Drew Holiday. Then they have pretty good depth. But the way I've been watching them, the way that they play, that's what I don't trust about them. And you know what? I might be wrong just because like Dante maybe just made that big of a difference. Because if you really think about the way they've been playing, they, they, it hasn't been the same since Dante hasn't been there. Like, Dante's a guy that, he he doesn't take away anything on both ends of the floor. Like, he's a good defensive player, and, like, he shot the he shot the ball pretty well from three. And, like, he's a good ball mover and shit like that. He can handle the ball a little bit. He can push it in transition. He can finish in transition. He's athletic. He'll get the offensive rebound like Connington does. And, like, now you only have one of those guys in Connington who's actually been pretty good. But you would have had two of those guys. And now your depth is greater and shit like that. And, you know, that's another 12 to, like, a consistent, like, 12 points. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe if they had Dante, it would be different. Maybe I would think about them differently. Maybe. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I, if, if we're just talking about, like, this variation of the Bucks. I just don't think they're, like, very good. Like, they're good, of course. But I just don't like the way they play. And I don't think that's championship basketball, like, the way they play. So that's why I'm going to change my pick to the Suns in six. And, um... Do I want to talk about the trades? Actually, I want to talk about the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor thing. I guess I just don't fully understand it. Because from my understanding, it's that in her contract, Rachel Nichols had the ESPN halftime show. Which, by the way, sucks. I don't know why that's even a thing. Like, I guess I know why it's a thing. Because they have the games on ESPN. So they're like, you know, when the game goes to halftime, we need something there. But the show fucking sucks. I don't think anyone watches it. Maybe they do. Because, like, sometimes I'll leave it on. Like, But I'll go do something else. Like, I don't actually, like, watch the show. You know what I mean? Like, when I have friends over, we don't watch it. Like, it's not in the background, but we don't actually watch it. And the other thing is, like, why is Woj on there? I'm not, like, particularly interested in what Woj thinks about the basketball game. Like, I look for him for, like, breaking news and shit like that. But I'm not, like, interested in how he feels about, like, the Bucks pick-and-roll defense. And Jay Williams, I just don't think... I just don't think he's a good basketball analysis. So, like... I'm I'm good off that show. Jalen, I don't really know how to feel about Jalen. Like, he's kind of funny sometimes, but he's kind of annoying sometimes. Uh, Maria Taylor, I do like, even though she left off, I think, Anthony Davis off her all-NBA ballot last year. But, you know, she's, a, she's actually, like, a legit, like, football and basketball analyst. So, like, and she's good on TV. Like, she's actually good. So... You know, I just think that show stinks. And they should probably just redo it, like, the whole format of it. 
I don't think Walsh needs to be on there. I don't think Jay Williams needs to be on there. And I would probably be fine without Jalen on there either. But, like, he can stay. Like, it's fine. Whatever. But, so during the playoffs last year in the bubble, I guess it was in Rachel Nichols' contract that she would do the ESPN halftime show. And ESPN was like, you know what? You do the sideline reporting stuff, and we're going to have Maria do the halftime show. And Rachel, I guess, was talking to someone, and her ESPN camera was on. And she was like, look, I'm happy for Maria. Like, I like Maria a lot. I like her a lot. But, you know, you're giving her this because you feel bad about how poorly you've handled your diversity issue and now you're taking something away from me because you feel bad about it which is which is like pretty accurate I guess because like that is accurate right isn't it because it was in her contract that she would do the halftime show and then you know last year's playoffs that was like I like the peak of like the you know, like all the protests and like all the diversity stuff so she was like, hey, you guys feel bad about it. And now, but you're, tra- you're taking something away from me. So now I'm upset about it. Like that was in a private conversation. Like, I guess it was quote unquote private. Like she had her ESPN camera. But like, she thought it was a private conversation that got, then that got leaked. So, you know, like I could, un- like I could understand her saying that in private. Like that makes complete sense to me. Like, she did have something taken away from her, something that she wanted to do because of that. Like, you can talk about, like, people, like, I've heard people talk about, you know, it was a, like, you're essentially saying Maria Taylor is like a, like, like a token pick, which, like, I guess some people would argue that she was because, like, it wasn't Rachel's contract. So they're like, well, it's in her contract. Now you gave it to Maria because you feel bad. So how is she not like a token pick? But I guess what I would argue then is maybe Maria was like qualified enough to do it and you didn't look to her to do it because like, I don't want to say you're quote unquote racist, but like maybe you just, maybe you overlooked her because of that. So maybe she was qualified enough to do it and now you're just rewarding her for something that should have been she should have already been rewarded for. So yeah, it's it's an all-around shitty situation, I suppose. You know, Ray, Rachel Nichols apologized for it or whatever. I don't like I saw I only saw a little bit of it. Um But yeah, like I don't I don't really know what to say about it. Like it's I understand it's one of those things where I understand from like both perspectives, even though there's really only one perspective right now because I don't think Maria Taylor has said anything about it. So, whatever. Like, like, because we're all, like, quote-unquote defend Rachel Nichols is, like, she said that in private. You know, she said that in private. And, you know, we all say things that, you know, in private that we wouldn't say in public because, you know, that, things that we're frustrated by. Like, you know... I've definitely said things frustrated by, like, oh, you know, those fucking white people and shit like that. I'm like, my professor is this, my professor is that. Like, I got this mark because of this and because of that. And, 
you know, we all just say frustrating, like things that we're frustrated by in private, but like ultimately we get over. But in this situation, like someone heard it and like they posted it, they leaked it. So I don't know if I feel bad for it. I don't really care that much. I just wanted to talk about it for a little bit. Um, it was funny, like, in the in the report, they were talking about, like, Woj stepped in and was, like, Rachel's being a bad teammate. Oh, that was pretty funny. That just reminded me of, like, like Woj thought, like, he was, like, LeBron or some shit. You know, JR, damn it, JR, you're being a bad teammate right now. You got to move the fucking ball. Damn it, Rachel. You got to sacrifice yourself for your fellow teammate. Maria Taylor is your teammate. Push her over. What's it called in WWE? Like, um, sell it, I guess. Like, sell her. That's that's what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. And uh, she didn't do it. She she did a poor sell. She had to do a better sell than I like Maria, but you know she's only getting the job because of this. Like, she had to do do a little better job than that. Um. The last thing I wanted to talk about was just some trades. You know, I talked about beforehand that I wanted to do trades of teams that, you know, are not in the playoffs. And I have a couple of trades right now that I'm just going to talk about. And the first trade is, it involves Zach Levine. And I don't know if, and I don't know if these are trade like, I don't know what the Zach Levine situation is in Chicago. Just one thing I have heard is that they might not want to pay him the money because, like, it might be a super max or I don't know. I know he didn't get all NBA, so I don't think it's gonna be a super max. But that they might not want to pay him the max, so maybe they're like, oh, you know what? Let's just trade him. And I actually did come up with some. I actually did come up with one pretty good one for him, and one just like okay one, not great or anything, but. The first one I came up with was Zach Levine for Michael Porter Jr. And I guess a sign and trade with uh, Will Barton. So Levine goes to the the Nuggets. Now you got Murray, Levine, blank, blank, uh, Aaron Gordon actually, and uh, Jokic. And I guess the other blank could be PJ Dozier. He looked pretty good. Like, you know, he's, he's got good body for a wing. And you can put him out there. Now you have two good defenders in Dozier and Aaron Garden. And you just have a fucking machine of a backcourt where you got two guys who can shoot 40% plus from three, who can go off for 25 to 50 nightly. Not nightly, I guess. They can go for. 25 to 35 nightly and on occasion give you 45 to 50 and then of course you have the MVP so you just explode even more on offense you get even harder to guard you get even more explosive and you know it's the same thing Like and for, for the Bulls you get Michael Porter Jr. who is going to cost less and he just averaged what like 19-20 points this year on like 60 plus percent true shooting and then you get Will Bar- like like that's a pretty good pick not pick it's a good it's a pretty good player 
So, like, you get a good player and, um, and he's a wing. Now, now your future is Kobe White. You get Michael Porter Jr., Patrick Williams. And I think that's pretty fucking good. The second one is Levine for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and a first. So Sacramento gets De'Aaron Fox and uh, Zach Levine in the backcourt. That's, what, 50 points right there. And uh, you just go from there. Just build from there. Bulls get Tyrese. Probably could have been rookie of the year. Like, definitely in the conversation for it. Like, he's, he's like a genuine good player already. Can make threes, can run the offense, play make, solid defensive player. And he's young. I think he's only like 20 or 21. But he's still good. You know, good three-point shooter. Good, Not a good scorer, like good three-point shooter. Uh, and a first. And like, you know the you know what the Kings are? They're probably... You just bet. You just bet on them, even with De'Aaron and like Levine, especially in the West, still being not good. So I don't know. That's something, I guess. Uh, the second one is uh, Kevin Love to the Thunder. I don't know what for. I I don't know what the trade is all, but like Kevin Love to the Thunder, maybe like that's their like along with Kemba, that's their other reclamation project. And honestly, like, that could be a pretty good team. Like, you have Kemba, SGA, Dort, Kevin Love. That's a pretty good team, honestly. Like, they, they might be able to win, like, a couple of games, but I guess that's not really what the Thunder want. So, I don't know. But, like, I think that could actually be, like, a pretty decent team. So, I don't know. I thought that, I thought that was an interesting option. Uh, Kevin Love for Bledsoe just straight up like I don't know what the fuck the Pelicans are going to do but you know you get a floor spacing big man I guess Um, he's going to cost some money but it's only two more years I believe Um, and you get off of Bledsoe who's actually like really bad and like you free up minutes for Kira Lewis more for Lonzo more for Nikhil yeah uh, second one, I have, the other one I had was for Marcus Smart sign and, no, not, not sign and trade. Marcus Smart for Reggie Jackson sign and trade. So Marcus Smart is exactly what the Clippers need. Like he's like Patrick Beverly, but he's actually like a good off. Not a, I, I would say he's a good offensive player now because even though he's not a great scorer, and he's become like a pretty decent three-point shooter. He's like a way better playmaker. <laughs> like he's like a, he's like an actual good playmaker. So that's what you don't get with um, what's his name Beverly, and you don't get the defense with Reggie. And for the Celtics, you get a like a eighteen to twenty-point scorer, forty uh, percent from three. And, you know, he would fit nicely next to... Although, he would be taking away shots from Jalen and Tatum. I don't know. I, I really think... I, but, like, Smart does that, too, and he's not making the shots. So, I don't know. I thought that was just interesting. The other one is uh, Marcus Morris for Larry Nance Jr. You know, Marcus Morris is a fake four. Like, he plays four, but he's not really a four. Larry Nance is a legit four. He can make threes now. He can rebound. 
Uh, he's a great defensive player. And uh, he's athletic. He gives you a little more juice. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, Kennard and Rondo for Ricky Rubio and Jack Lehman. Ricky Rubio would actually pay for play for them. Like, he would actually be where they thought Rondo could be for them. Where, you know, he's a guy that just runs the offense and he's actually out there for you. Like, Rondo was a big disappointment just because I... He just was not out there at all. He couldn't he couldn't be out there for some whatever reason. And Layman, like, you know, good athletic wing. Not I don't know if he's good, like athletic wing that you can throw out there. Uh and Kennard, like, you just didn't trust Kennard at all, so like what's the big deal? Uh and if you're the uh, Wolves, I guess maybe you don't do that because you don't want Kennard for that long. Um The other one is Kennard for Ross. Like Kennard's still young enough where you can like bet on him to be even better like you can actually like if you're the magic you can actually like play canard 30 minutes a game and like try getting something out of him and for the clippers you just get a guy you can actually like throw out there for 24 minutes a game and like i guess trust to get you some points uh the other one is uh patrick beverly patrick beverly for tristan thompson I'm on the I'm on the Clippers right now. So Patrick Beverly, Tristan Thompson, uh, this I would do this if uh, from the Clippers if Serge Ibaka opts out. If he opts in, then I wouldn't do it. Um, the other one I have is John Collins for Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate. Collins, I, if I'm the Hawks, I'm not paying him anything more than twenty mil. If he wants more than twenty mil, I have to trade him. He's just not worth it with Capella, with a Kongu there. He's just not. So I wouldn't pay him anything more than 20 mil. Christian Wood, he's not getting paid anything. Like, people just kept on about, oh, he got paid, though. He got paid. No, he didn't. He's getting paid, like, what, 14 mil a year? Like, that's nothing. So I would bring him in. Um, and Jay Sean Tate's, like, a good wing. Like, a good defensive wing. Look to be able to knock down some open threes. So, like, you know, two for one there. Um... And if I'm the Rockets, I would do that too. Like, Collins is probably just like a one-for-one one better player than uh, Christian Wood. And then the last one I have is uh, Tyler Hero for Scary Terry. You know, in the Miami Heat system, you don't really need a, like a true point guard. And Terry's not really a point guard. He's a, he's a scorer. He's a shooting scorer. You know, I think he averaged like 20-something and like on pretty good efficiency. He can, it's a high-volume three-point shooter and he actually makes some. So like he would help you win in the next couple of years way more than Tyler Hero would. So that's why I would consider it. And if you're the Hornets, you get a LaMelo-Tyler Hero backcourt going forward. So yeah, those are my trades for now. Uh, I didn't want to do like a bunch of trades i only picked a couple teams and uh i'm gonna pick more teams the next time i do a podcast which will be after thursday's game game two and yeah these playoffs have been somewhat interesting i've definitely enjoyed the basketball it hasn't been intriguing basketball i would say and uh yeah i think i'm gonna do my next podcast after game two and if I don't do it after game two, I'll probably do it for sure after game three because 
that's probably that's like the most pivotal game. So, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you.